Yo, welcome to Kids Can Be Big, a podcast about a community's commitment to design relationships, inspiring peace. My name is K-Love, and I'm joined by my squad today, the boss, Queen V, Champ, and Tuck. How y'all doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing good. Okay, that's good. Before we get started, how are y'all making an impact right now, and how do y'all prove kids could be big? Um... I'm making my impact by just helping my community stay safe and trying to keep it as clean. I'm Tuck, by the way. Sorry, I didn't introduce myself at first, but yeah, I'm just keeping it clean and try to keep it as protected as I can with my power. As the boss around my community, I'm I'm helping others and building off of recent ideas that we had to make better events. I keep my friends educated and I keep the older generation hip to the new ways in life. And this is why kids could be big, and this is why we have this podcast. I know, right? Since we know kids can be big, we own our own fresh press juice brand called Southside Drip. Drip stands for Designing Relationships, Inspiring Peace. We pass our drip in exchange for stories. So, on Saturday, July 18th, we celebrated Quran Brown Day by passing out 150 bottles of drip in exchange for stories from the community about how they stop gun violence and keep our children safe and protected. We create drip to bring the community together for a good cause, and so we stay connected after drinking our juice. Quran Brown Day was a celebration of the life of Quran Brown, my classmate, neighbor, and king of the creative school, who was killed by gun violence on Good Hope Road Southeast on July 18, 2019. Of the 166 people killed in D.C. because of gun violence, 14 of those people were queens and kings just like Quran. Today, we are talking about how community members protect kings and queens from gun violence. We'll listen to some of the feedback we got on Quran Brown Day and talk with our friends about what we think were the best answers and solutions to gun violence. So, what's your favorite capture from Quran Brown's Day? Hey, it's me, the boss, and my favorite quote was from Just Curious Poe on how they protect queens and kings. I protect kings and queens by listening to understand and not to respond, by understanding that when we think change, that our young people are the missing piece of the puzzle. You cannot create change without asking the people who are affected by the issues what change looks like to them. This is my favorite quote because it's basically saying that they want to use the power in kings and queens' voices to lift and help them with the effects that they are going through in the recent times. So now I'm gonna pass it to King Tut. Well, my favorite story that we captured was from someone named Sharice that said that I protect kings and queens by fighting for strong policies at every level of a government. One of our initiatives is Operation 24, where we're aiming to get 24-hour safe houses for young people who need refugee from their communities. We need 24-hour uh, hot meals for young people who are are hungry and homeless. We need access to 24-hour programming for young people who do not have the social structure needed. We are av- actively advocating for to take the walls off the classroom for financial literacy so we can build strong youth economics. And we are actively working to bring family support for young people whose families are working 24 hours just to make ends meet. I agree with that. Like, where I'm, where I'm uh, from, where I live around, we don't really got that much of people that need this, but I know that there is a lot of people in the world that need this. And it seems like it'd be a huge topic and be something that we could fix with a lot of work if we really tried it. 
my favorite story that was captured was from a queen that goes by Linus Crown. I protect kings and queens by advocating for systems to dismantle anti-black racism in education, policy, and media. This is my favorite because a lot of public schools don't teach our young black kings and queens about their history. And plus we get the shortest month, February, to learn about our history. And this is kind of why we repeat history because we don't know about our history. So I'm here with my guests. You can introduce yourself. I'm Devon Lassine, uh, Commissioner on Arts and Humanities. I'm Sharice Crawford, a community member and founder of District Influencers, but also at-large committee woman for the DC Democratic State Committee. Okay, okay. Uh, so where are you guys from? So I'm myself from Washington, DC, born and raised uh, native. I grew up on 11th place right outside of Congress Park. Um, I currently still live in the District of Columbia, um, now in Bellevue, and I plan on planning to stay in D.C. Um, when I purchase my house. And I'm from Congress Park. Uh, I grew up on Congress Street, and I, in the circle, in what they call 13th place, um, and then pretty much moved up and down Congress Street throughout my life and was able to um, travel a little bit around the country. But uh, Southeast DC's home. Okay, okay. Okay, so uh, that's pretty cool. So I want, another question is, what's, what's keeping you connected to us? So the creative school uh, was something that I came across when I was in the mayor's office. What has kept me connected with it is just the you know profound leadership. I love the fact that it is about building youth. Um, it's something that I always wanted to get into. So I definitely felt the need to support something um, that was actually building the community from the ground up and focusing on our youth in that way. Yeah, and I think what keeps me connected to young people is the reality The reality is that you guys are the future. You know, if, at the end of the day, if we're not doing everything we can to pour into you guys like people did to us, then there is no future. And right now, if you're paying attention, our civilization is uncivilized. So like we need that. you guys to restore order, we need you guys to bring your A game so that you can be a part of the solutions that maybe this generation hasn't even thought about yet. You know, so you guys, are, we're gonna give you what we have and we're hoping that you can expound on that and make our vision and take it to the next level. So it's a marathon for sure. That was definitely powerful. Okay, another question is, what else have you done and how does it make you feel? Um, so I've done a, I've done a lot of different things. Uh, one is I've went to college, graduated with a political science degree. Um, I think one of the things that I'm most proud of was uh, losing 150 pounds, um, which added on to my life expectancy, um, was able to help me move around a little bit better. And then one of my most recent accomplishments um, was writing my book, um, Death of a Nigger Boy, which just was basically a story about how growing up in you know southeast or in a city um, in these environments puts a lot of stress on us, and then you know just the other side of that in terms of what it takes to live and be able to matriculate through that and make it out. Um, and I just wanted to give people, give youth a voice, as well as those other people who made it to the other side, um, so they can have a voice as well. 
And I think that's huge to, to a lot of discipline goes into play when it comes to, you know, achieving your, your health goals, achieving your body goals. One of the things that I've been doing is flying planes. And I feel like that's a discipline that I would like to see included in education systems around the country. You know, whether it be at the high school level or at the trade level, because it is a skill that you can that you can always use. People are always going to travel. They're always going to fly. And so I wanted to build a network of pilots that can be able to transport you guys and, and our family and friends wherever we wanted to go. So right now I'm currently in flight school and looking forward to introducing that kind of, 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 of skill set to you guys. Okay, that's what's up. So, I think Operation Twenty Four is very powerful, and it it had me really thinking about like that would definitely change um, the ways for some people that's less fortunate out there. But for some of the people that don't know, can you explain what Operation Twenty Four is or break it down? Yeah. So, Operation Twenty Four came about when I was uh, you know, had opportunity to testify at the DC council hearing for uh, youth services, department of rehabilitation services. And we realized that when I was coming up, we had an organization called pizza holic that I was a part of. And that program existed and operated 24 hours a day. There was somebody on call to follow up or show up at different hours of the night, similar to how people take shifts, to any other security job or how people take shifts to being police officers. And my thinking was that what if we had shifts in that same capacity to support youth and young people who didn't necessarily have homes, who didn't have shelter, who needed hot meals, so that if at ever a time of night, a young person had to leave home or leave someone who was you know, trying to force them to do something that they didn't wanna do, where would they run to? And so we wanted to create a safe space, a safe house, that had access to 24-hour meals, that talked about, that educated on financial literacy, that educated on 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 fruits and vegetables. We have a, a partner called the Green Scheme, who shows young people how to grow their own fruits and vegetables. And so, what? How radical would it be if you guys were growing your own fruits and vegetables and able to create your own farmers market, your own youth market, and people could actually buy fruits and vegetables from you in a dense town where there's not much. Uh, agriculture or green space to grow on. So these are some of the things that went into Operation 24, along with mental health services. You know, I went to, I was privileged to participate in a program called Landmark Forum. And Landmark Education talked about these disciplines for living. But the problem was the people who were able to access those spaces were wealthy white people. They were there having massive trauma and family issues. And I, my greatest concern was as I looked around, I was one of maybe two other black people in the room. And I thought to myself, well, if these are issues that white America is dealing with, we can't fathom the trauma. We can't fathom the impact of what young people like yourselves are dealing with constantly impacted by gun violence, constantly impacted by trauma. So how do we create that kind of safe house that has the mental health support that's needed that really allows us to have those on-demand breakthroughs in our health lives, in our financial lives, in our home lives, so that we can put young people a little bit further off than where we were or where we are today. Yeah, and I think you did a very, very great job at explaining what Operation uh, 24 is. So I would just like to add that I also think that it's a phenomenal idea in the sense that 
I know myself growing up in this environment and like she spoke to the traumas um, and not necessarily having the access to resources and one of the thing and one of those resources being social capital and other people to mentor you. So again, um, having to navigate this without people or without adults, I think it's a beautiful idea to be able to you guys to be able to access and have access for people like us who uh, act, navigated um, some of these environments have made it out to help you guys get over these hurdles and not necessarily have to fall through the same pitfalls so that we can actually build uh, a more healthy cycle when it comes to the trajectory of our youth, of our adults. And then just, you know, one of the bigger things that I think that we don't necessarily focus on as a community is that intergenerational divide in terms of us doing a better job to come out here and always speak to the youth um, so that we can begin having these conversations to heal some of the wounds. As I know, I felt alone uh, when I was a youth. And so I know it would have helped very much to get some of that off of my chest with people who I felt like were supposed to be protecting me and guiding me and bringing me resources. So, you know, I'll just end it there and you can go ahead and lob. You got any more questions? Uh, yeah, we just got a few more questions. Um, start to finish off these questions. Well, not to finish off, but like one more is, where did you get the idea for Oper Operation Twenty Four? Where did the oper where did the idea for Operation Twenty Four come from? So the idea for Operation Twenty Four came about when I've been dealing with gun violence since I was my entire life, <laughs> um, and I I recognized that there were a lot of young people and people in general who were um, executing uh, violent behaviors. And a lot of times they didn't have homes to go to. So they were at the mercy of the people who were providing shelter for them. Other times they didn't have food. So they were at the mercy of the people who fed them. And so I thought about what if we created a world where these people were not exploited by to do wrong deeds or to do to commit bad acts by people who mean them no good. What if these people were put in position that they could be sustained themselves and they could say, hey, no, I have a choice. And I want every young person out there to know that if ever there's someone trying to persuade you to commit a violent crime, they're trying to persuade you to commit bodily harm to yourself or commit or get you to believe that the only way for you to eat or to have shelter or the only way for you to feel loved or the only way for you to feel valued is if you follow their lead and they're not leading you in the most uh, most appropriate ways to help you fulfill your goals and your dreams. These are not people that you want to stay around. So you want to be able to say, hey, no, I have other options. I don't have to pull the trigger. I don't have to use that weapon. I don't have to rob a store. I don't have to, to devalue or degrade myself. I have another way. And Operation 24, in my mind, was a way to say, this is this is my other way. This is a safe space for me. I have somewhere to go. I have people who care about me, like you guys have at the creative school. I have people who love me and that want to see me do well, that want to help me achieve my goals and my dreams and not commit crimes against my community. And I saw that a lot growing up is that the people who were involved in the, the, the community gangs or they were involved in, you know, the initiations of, of having to follow the leader and leading them in the wrong 
path, they didn't have the safe spaces. You know, and I remember being a kid advocating for a safe house at uh, uh, Congress Street and uh, and 13th Place. Mm. It was on it was a building on that corner that we were trying to get them to turn into a safe house at the time because we had the same issues of missing girls when I was growing up as a kid that we see in this generation. Mm-hmm. And we had seniors and adults who were in positions like I am today who were in disagreement with that. And so I said that when I become the adult that I can help make and influence decisions that I wanted to create the safest environment for young people as possible. And so Operation 24 is a lived experience and a part of my reality to say this is a part of a solution that we haven't explored, that we must explore if we're going to really um, make an impact in the violence in our communities and really show young people that there is another way. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you to Sharice for that, as I did not come up um, with the idea or I didn't necessarily or wasn't in the process of, you know, bringing that to fruition. But what I will say and what I will thank you for is taking that lived experience, taking, seeing all of those things and championing it. Um, Because I think the conversation that we're having here today with you all is that you guys are going to be the next champions. Um, We're champions in our own right and in our own space. And you guys also, you know, step up to the plate. You are coming to get us to come to your platform so that we can help you elevate yourselves. And so I think you in creating, you know, Operation 24 and coming from it, um, from that angle is beautiful. And then, you know, just having the creative school and having this environment where I see um, people pouring into the youth and pouring into what is our future um, just makes me happy. And so with that being said, we can just, you know, move it into the next question because I don't want to take up too much um, credit for this lovely young lady. It's all, it's all of us. It's all inclusive, right? Because, you know, you guys are are the face of it. None of that, none of the ideas that we bring forward matters if you guys don't see value in it. You know, and the fact that you all saw value in this to me is way more important than the idea itself because I want young people to own their solutions and I would like to be kind of the behind the scenes person to show you what rooms that you need to have these conversations in about your futures. And I was talking to Mr. P about it. You know, that was the kind of position that I was able to be put in as a young person to be in rooms to say, these are the solutions that we need for our communities. This is what we need to survive in trauma culture. Uh, Cause our culture is deeply traumatized. And I think that we don't really see how that impacts you guys. And this, this platform, this podcast that you have um, inspires me. And, and, and I'm hoping that it encourages every young person that that's your peers that may be listening now or watching that they have to be able to, to create platforms to be a voice. You know, social media sometimes doesn't do that where everybody's behind their phones and tapping on screens. Whereas this is the, this is, you all are part of that change. Mm-hmm. You are a part of this reality in this space right now. And I, I'm just grateful to be in your spaces at, at this time and to, to learn that you find value in something that, you know, we've all lived through. Okay, another question, last question for me is, who are the people in organization helping with Operation 24? 
Oh man, I mean, you guys are part of it. The Creative School. When I thought about this, I thought about the Creative School. Another community partner that that act, impacts young people is the Community Connoisseurs. Charlie, Vito, Mike, that team. Uh, I had a chance to talk about this with our council member Treyon White. You know, he's he's in support of this initiative and would love to hear more from you guys about fleshing out the details. Uh, Don't mute my health is a collective campaign, a, a coalition of in, of organizations that are heavily focused on the health. And we look at gun violence as a public health crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a public health crisis, you know, mental health, physical health, emotional health, that all plays into how we see ourselves. Um, it plays into uh, how we raise our families, how we are raised. Um, so Don't Mute My Health is our partners on this. Um, Spaces in Action. There's so many uh, organizations that have have incredible programs, but they don't have the housing to run the initiatives. So there are pretty much like orphaned programs. So these are all health and human services efforts that we want to have um, create space for them to bring their resources, you know, from out of the internet world and off, you know, out of out of space to a physical location where this information becomes tangible. These resources become tangible when you can touch it, you can feel it, you can experience it. Um, we have, we're working on our financial literacy partners because we believe that young people like yourself should be engaged in conversations around your having your own LLCs, having your own nonprofits. You know, this podcast in itself could be a business venture where, you know, I'm hoping that you guys have a, what is it called? The, Southside drips. Well, there you go. See, you guys have good mentors that's showing you how to build, become enterprising. Um, we thought that this is something that should have been in, included in the education system, but because it's not, Operation 24 can be inclusive of that. And perhaps you guys can give a presentation on your business model and now help the next generation with their business model. So you see how this thing becomes a cycle of each one teach one, right? Of, of us pouring into you guys, you guys pouring into us, and then every generation that follows. So the, those are just some of the community partners. Um, we're open to having more community partners on this effort because it is not a closed effort because everybody has a certain skill set, mm-hmm. a certain expertise. You know, Devon wrote, he's wrote a book. So maybe for young people that are aspiring to be authors, how do we become authors? You know, how do we write and express ourselves in book and people are selling books and that's another way for income generation. So there are all sorts of ways that we can collaborate with our talents. Um, I remember a, a session, I don't know if you were there, Devon, Jesse Jackson was at the Anacostia Art Center and there was maybe 50 people in that room. And I remember Jesse Jackson saying that everything we needed to survive and grow our communities was already in the room. Meaning that we already have in some, for, for some of us, mm-hmm. you guys are just starting your lives, but you're gonna meet the people that's assigned to you for different reasons in your life to add value in different areas of your life. Whether it's your mental health, emotional health, whether it's your business plan, whether it's your 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 style of your clothes, like you guys are all wearing the stay down. Is that your clothing line? Stay dreaming. Stay dreaming and stay yeah. dreaming your clothing line? I need a stay dream. Wait, where's my shirt? I, I think I need it. <laughs> I need a stay dreaming shirt. Okay. I, I like this. You guys all have your stay dreaming shirts on. See, these are things that people pay attention to that shows unity, shows solidarity, 
And so I, I need my shirt, Devon. What about you? I'm, I'm definitely gonna cop me one because you know, I, outside of outside of writing, you know, fashion is probably my next best love beside politics. I can but, see that. Um, in terms of the conversation around, you know, organizations, I'm just here to help um, anybody who necessarily needs it. Any person, institution, watching. Um, I am a part of DC Young Democrats as well. So again, adding, bringing in people, you know, over time, this is something that I have recently heard about. So we'll just be adding to that list of organizations who are willing to, you know, help and participate, not only with Operation 24, but with the creative school um, and just adding on. And like she said, creating that cycle and creating that trajectory where we want to see it, you know, pick up and actually manifest into better lives for you all and better lives for the generations after you so that we don't necessarily have to keep having these conversations and have to keep having these tragedies as you know i am saddened every every single time in my prior work you know i had to go to you know shooting scenes or when people got stabbed or anything that you know was a trauma i had to report to it and so i under i, I definitely know what it feels like to have to live um in and around it and then also actively put yourself into it and especially at such a young age so i just want to say again thank you all for having me as i feel honored um that my name was even mentioned to have a conversation with the youth who are out here doing it right now because i don't even think when i was you guys age um i was in the space of like trying to actively um do these things and bring about change in my community yeah, okay. you guys are you guys are really ahead of the curve. You know, I want you to celebrate each other. You know, I want you to celebrate yourselves because what you're doing right here in this space is is a radical contribution to the movement that's happening right now. You know, you guys are the voice. They it was something when I was coming up, they said the revolution would not be televised. Right. And I don't know. I don't know how like <laughs> how I always how do I how I felt about it then. I don't know how I feel about it now. But you guys are absolutely documenting this revolution. You're documenting how you're creating radical change in your schools with the creative school, how you're creating radical change in your community, going out with your business models, showing people that you matter, showing people that you count. You know, another partner that we have is United Planning Organization. You know, we've been actively getting people counted for the United States Census. It happens only every 10 years. Mm -hmm. And what happens so often is that we get counted out. Okay. And I'm here to say that we're refusing to be counted out. I'm here to say that you guys matter. You guys count. And that's why, for me, having them as partners with all of the, you know, their their mission is to eradicate poverty. Their mission is to eradicate us living in impoverished communities and providing all these resources. And so there are so many um, resources being provided that we want you guys to have full access to. You know, I remember going to program after program. And a lot of times I didn't want to go. <laughs> you know, I was I was sitting there looking at people like, are they about to give me another speech? Mm -hmm. You might want to hear this speech. <laughs> <laughs> I was that kid. I did not want to hear those speeches. But every one of them somehow sowed a seed into me to help me further along in my journey. And then you'll find that you have like this toolkit. You know, if, if, you're, if you are, you know, a plumber or if you're a mechanic, you have a toolkit. And you guys are building your toolkit right now. So that means that you never know when you might need a tool in that toolkit. 
But the more you have these conversations, the more you're engaged in these conversations, the more you're listening to your coaches and your mentors, you now can pull out that toolkit when they're not around. Mm -hmm. Something happens in your life and, and, and you're not sure or quite sure how to respond to it. You can go back to your toolkit to say, this is something that I have that, can, that I can you know, solve a problem here or I can make an impact in this because my team isn't here, but they've invested in me. They've sown, they've sown into me. They've given me life-changing resources and tools. And so now I can go into my toolkit and I can pull those out and now I know how to navigate the spaces that are often unchartered. Because most of us here, you guys are chartering uncharted territories mm -hmm. for your family. I am chartering uncharted territory for my family. As well as I. You know, Devon is, right? And so that's typically how it goes when we're creating something that hasn't been done before for our families. So I'm hoping that you build that toolkit up. You take every word that you get, even when you don't want to go, <laughs> even when you don't want to be there, even when you're tired of speeches and people telling you what could help your life. You add those to your toolkits because when the time is right, you're going to have all the tools you need to build the house, to build the community, to build your business, to build your programs, to build your initiatives. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Okay. Uh, this is the last question. What would make Operation 24 successful? What would make Operation 24 successful is the amount of passion that you guys put behind it. And I would like to add to like the amount of passion that you put behind it in terms of going back to your comment about the toolkit and, you know, being present is 50% half of the battle. So that time, that attention and how you give it to things uh, just matters the most. So being present, um, again, also goes a long way. So never feel like if you don't know or if you may not necessarily feel up to the challenge, that feeling is good. And so in terms of helping initiatives like this, um, Operation 24 specifically and others like it, um, just always just always approach it with an open mind because you may be that person and that catalyst that can change the trajectory and change the direction of it into what it was supposed to be as most things aren't static. And everything is about strategy. So I think that, you know, to get really clear on now, now that you guys see value in this, we can now organize another session with the list of partners that we talked about that specifically focuses on health and wellness, financial literacy. They're specifically focused on mental health. They're focused on uh, uh, green gardens and agriculture. Literally build out those list of partners and say, or if you say, hey, these are people who I prefer to work with, we're also open to that right as well as saying these are people that we know who are committed to this work and then these people that you may feel comfortable working with as well right so then you say okay i like this idea then let's go forward with it so identifying all of your partners is a part of the strategy right mm -hmm. and then moving forward to saying this is what we want this curriculum to look like 24 hours and you guys helping to actually build that out because one thing is one thing to have a vision and it's another thing to say well here's how it actually um, applies to my life. Here's how this can be implemented into my life because maybe, you know, all kids, they say all kids supposed to be in bed at nine o'clock. <laughs> maybe you're not in bed at nine o'clock. Maybe your best working hours is 2 a.m. And you're up thinking about your, your next book 
or and you just want somebody to call to say, you know, I just want to make sure I'm not alone right now. It's 2 a.m. These are small things, but they they make a big difference. And so you guys tell us how you want to move forward with Operation 24, and uh, I'm on board 100%. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I like to end it off with a um, statement. So since we're talking about gun violence, um, most of most of the time when somebody shoots somebody, something like that, it's not really that serious. They shoot them over something you could talk talk about. So if you have a problem with somebody and you feel like it needs to be like resolved, just go just go talk it out with them. Or if it's really that serious, just put on the boxing gloves because. Like, like real talk, like it's not that serious to take somebody else's life and then to have their family grieving. And then in most cases, you take somebody's life, then you got somebody from their side and they're going to try to get back at you. So it's not that serious of um, taking somebody else's life. And again, that's what some like white people want, too. If you think about it, they want like they want us in jail because um Black people, black people are powerful. And then the more we have and the more we come together, that's like unstoppable. That's how I'm going to end it off. Thank you for coming and um, sharing your information to us and talking to us about Operation 24. All right. So in my opinion, from all the stories that we've captured, I think that kings and queens can be safe and protected by having all the resources that they need. I agree with you. But in my opinion, I think kings and queens should be protected by having somebody they could depend on and talk to. Based on the stories that we captured, I think that kings and queens should be protected by having a future plan. All right. Thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of Kids Can Be Big. I'm Tuck. I'm joined by my squad, K-Love, The Boss, Champ, and Queen V. And we'll holler at y'all next time. Thank you for listening to Kids Can Be Big. Kids Can Be Big is a student-driven podcast created by the kings and queens of the Creative School in Washington, D.C. Tune in to more episodes on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on Instagram at thecreative.school. Also visit us online to learn more about our podcast, drip, and ways to donate. Check us out at www.thecreative.school. Until then, always remember, kids can be big.